podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the first of our Ashes Daily Podcast. I'm Yazran and with me a few minutes after Stumps on Day 1 at Edgebaston, He's cricket writer and dear friend of the show, Jim Wallace. Jim, there's just so much to, to take in. England scoring nearly 400 on the first day, declaring eight wickets down. That split opinion. Uh, Zach Crawley pummeling Pat coming through covers for four. For um, how long ago does that feel? Of the day, what moment that was. I just got a sense all day that this was a day that mattered. Like so much, I think the English cricketing public kind of care how England does, but they're not really really invested and today the atmosphere was just electric from minute one yeah i mean that was really special to to be part of that to be here on that first day you know the whole thing really i sort of feel a bit like i've got jet lag or something i mean just so <laughs> much happened that even just saying that crawley bound i was like was that was, was that this morning yeah that was this morning um yeah just just a bit mad i don't really know from, from what I gathered, so I've been on the, the Guardian's OBO coverage, there's, yeah, there's a lot of split de- uh, decision about the declaration, but also I just think people don't really know how to feel about it all. There's just so much has gone on, they don't really know how to process it. Yeah, I, I thought all day the, the, the speed of play was so quick. At, England were 240 for five, I think, at T, which is a pretty normal end-of-day score. And because of how, in, how quickly all of England's partnership started... Every time you lost, England lost a wicket, you kind of felt, oh, England might be slightly behind the game here. Mm. But all of a sudden you felt, actually, maybe maybe they're at parity. Maybe they're slightly ahead. Mm. Um, we'll get to kind of how we feel about the day overall towards the end. Mm-hmm. Going back to the beginning, yeah. Pat Cummins retreated extremely early with his fields. On the yeah. 15th ball of the game, there were two slips and three men on the boundary. And you can argue it both ways, really. I mean, I think the deep point played a part in the ducket dismissal. That's the second time in three games that he's been caught uh, in the cordon or by the keeper yeah. playing that shot with the man in the fence is just a much riskier shot for, for less reward really but when Crawley and Pope were in together it felt like they could score at five runs and over uh, in quite a risk-free way actually. It was a it was a really interesting first session because obviously you had the, all the intensity building up to that, that first ball and then uh, Crawley smashes it away and you know we're all sort of chuckling away thinking wow what a start and then yeah, Cummins brought his men back. It was sort of like baggy greens in brownie in motion. It was like they were all, the field was really, really um, spread. I heard Atherton on, on Sky commentary saying he thought that, you know, that was the Aussies blinking first and they'd sort of, they looked a bit spooked perhaps. Well, Ricky Ponting was quite critical of it on Sky as mm. well. well it's, not, it's not the way that things are done, yeah. is it? But, I mean, nothing is the way that things are done anymore. But it was certainly, and then and then it settled into this sort of period of, England were picking off the singles and, you know, rotating the strike and it all looked quite comfortable. It all looked sort of like a mid, mid-overs uh, ODI or something like that. And then uh, lunch came. Australia probably would have been happy to have three wickets. And then, yeah, that afternoon, two sessions was uh, just a bit bonko, really. I think the two moments of the game for me in terms of where the game might end up were the dismissals Yeah, I think I think so. Because I think, I mean, according to Crickviz... The average lateral movement, so that seam and swing, um, was 0.89 degrees, which doesn't mean much to me, but according to them, that is the lowest recorded on any day of Test cricket in England since records began in 2006. Um, And as such, I think part of the declaration, I think, might be an acknowledgement that even if Root and Robinson put on an extra 30, 40 runs, Mm. that's probably still below par. And England's best route to win the game was Mm. taking a couple of early wickets tonight. And even though they didn't do that... 
I don't think that's necessarily the wrong decision. I mean, to go back to those two moments, because I thought Crawley and Pope were batting really, really well. Yeah. Um, the ball from line to get rid of Pope um, does him with a slightly quicker, slightly flatter ball. And the ball from Boland, who England got on top of after lunch, yeah. to get Crawley was, was such a good ball, kind of popped yeah, from yeah, nowhere. Yeah. I think a real test for England tomorrow will be, can they produce those kind of moments where it's really, really flat, the ball's not doing much. Can they prize out wickets when the ball, the pitch isn't doing that much? Because I think those are the two moments that kind of shifted. England were always playing catch-up, even with that partnership with Bairstow late in the day. Uh, between Root and Bairstow. I think they were always playing catch-up after yeah. those two wickets. And I think that's the interesting thing, is that we don't really know, obviously, but it it could be that we'll look back on this declaration as something inspired, or it could be like, wow, remember when we did that, and England did that rather, and remain impartial. Uh, <laughs> England, Stokes did that, and Steve Smith and Labuschagne, and, and they bat for two days, and you know, we're coming out the other side sort of feeling a bit, a bit sort of broken and beaten, but um, it was certainly, um, yeah, it, it felt like the the ebb and flow of it, um, you know, it, both sides were sort of grappling with each other. Uh, there was a couple of wickets with Stokes and, and, and um, who was it, Stokes and someone, and Brook. I mean, yeah. Brook's dismissal. Bizarre. 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 Yeah. Fell, fell in a clump yeah. and then, and then um, you know, there was, there was partnerships and there were sixers and there was Joe Root batting like a, a proper test innings in amongst it all, but also playing reverse ramps off Pat Cummins for six. So it was just a lot to process. Yeah, I think if England lose a test match, it's not because of the declaration. I think... Um, I think this pitch reminds me of maybe the Trent Bridge pitch last year where New Zealand scored 500 in the first innings, England responded with 500, but because of the pace England batted with, they were able to force a result despite those two really high scores. I yeah. think if England win this game, a really interesting stat I found today was that in the last 10 years, Australia haven't been bowled out for a score of between 310 and 480 against England. Okay. So base in England... How so find this stuff? So when the pitch is flat they mm. basically really really mm. make hay yeah whereas when it's doing a bit they tend not to make 350-ish scores and i kind of think that pitch if you had to make a judgment on it on day one it's probably a pitch where smith lavishane head etc will fancy themselves score 500 and that's the worry right because uh we were both at lords for the island test there, there are times in that second innings where england looked a bit toothless and they've gone in here without wood the broad robinson and Anderson, who didn't bowl this evening, that was another interesting point. And, and Robinson, perhaps, he, he looked a bit off the boil tonight. And um, so, you know, they have to find a way to take the wickets. The thing about basball or whatever you want to call it is that they keep taking 20 wickets. It will be a real test on that um, flat feather bed it was, uh, to, to, to get 20 wickets in this match. I mean, it'll be, um, it'll be certainly a one, to, one to keep an eye on because we might be watching a lot of... Um, what's the old Smith's testicles wallet and watch you know a lot of that and a lot of um, you know Marnus and, and Travis Head and, and their batting lineup. so um, it, it feels like it was it feels like everyone's smiling and happy but there's just something at the back of my mind sort of, sort of nagging saying enjoy today because it might be a long couple of days I mean, it's interesting you say that we're all smiling Rory Dollard of the PA when we were talking about the declaration after it happened uh, he said, something not really well, he said, look at our faces, we're all smiling. Yeah. And I think that is actually important. It, it, it was, uh, 
you know, it, it was a thing that, you know, the energy around the place had had Broad got Warner at his place, would have gone Yeah, crazy. it would have gone nuts. You, you can't yeah. judge the decision purely on the fact that Broad But I think they do, Warner. though, don't they? They're yeah. like, wouldn't it be great if we <laughs> yeah, got two tonight? Exactly. And, you know, my phone, my brother was saying, we're going to get three wickets tonight and this is going <laughs> to be amazing. And then on the other end of the spectrum, my, my cynical mate Tom was like, that declaration is the most shamefully, like, <laughs> try-hard thing I've ever seen in my life yeah. watching cricket. So, per- Personally, I, I, did, I did get it. I, th- I think I would have batted for another 10 minutes or so because you would have still got that crack with a new ball. Yeah. Part of the thinking is you get, if you declare, you get two cracks with a new ball, one this evening, one tomorrow morning. Yeah. They could still have got that if they allowed Root and Robertson. Yeah. Uh, they were going so quickly as well yeah. as anything else. Like that, they could have put on 25, sixes, right? 30 runs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was an interesting email kind of, we've, we've been quite negative given that England scored <laughs> no, yeah. 400. That's what you get when one. you get me on here, uh, a bit of melancholy. <laughs> Uh, we've got an email. Sad dads. We got an email from Hugh who said, um, "I've been a little bit amused by all the basball doom-mongering, but something worth highlighting are Boland's figures thus far. He's going over five and a half and over, and hasn't looked anywhere near as threatening as he did uh, at the Kier Oval in the World Test Championship final. This should be a textbook example of basball how England approach Tests now. They're not just going to let a relentless metronomic bowler dictate them. They're going to land some blows and try and put him off his line length." Thus, all re- thus also creating more conventional scoring opportunities. It's a good point, you know. Bowling was going at like one and a half twos in the in the World Test final, and England, particularly after the lunch, you could sense they made a decision that actually, you know, we're going to move move our feet, we're going to uh, unsettle him, and it and it worked. To be honest, that's the only time I've seen Scott Bowling look at all unsettled as a Test cricketer. And a lot of the noise, obviously, leading up to it is, oh, you know, Bowling's going to sort saw England out there's something in the in the magazine uh, the other week that Tim Key wrote it was he was basically like a tongue-in-cheek thing saying it feels like sometime somewhere Scott Boland's always taking nine for 16 <laughs> uh, and today was interesting because because it, it was the first time that perhaps he's had to you know he doesn't play white ball cricket that he's had to sort of stare down the barrel of people coming at him quite yeah. so hard and, and it must be off-putting I remember speaking to Joe Harmon um, pod regular last week at uh, the Oval and saying Mm, I don't know about Boland, he might sort England out. And, and Joe Harmon, who's hardly, you know, the most sort of, you, you know, he doesn't ooze basball, <laughs> said, uh, yeah, but no one's tried to smack him yet. Yeah. So so it, it, it definitely is a thing. And he, and he, and he it did look out of sorts today. Yeah. He looked a bit, um, a bit rattled. Um, just a few things in Australia before we finish. Uh, I thought Hazelwood was really good. That's his, that's his first away wicket yeah. in four years, which I couldn't really believe. Yeah. I thought Lyon, even though he got pumped a little bit towards the end, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. He, he was creating chances, uh, and even when he was going for runs, yeah. uh, you always felt that he was in the game. Interesting that Cam Green didn't bowl so much, so they're obviously managing his workload a little bit. I thought it was interesting that Pat Cummins didn't necessarily bowl as much uh, or looked potentially as threatening as you'd come to expect Pat Cummins to be. Uh, I thought he was actually quite loose with the new ball. Um, so yeah, I think I think there was it was interesting to see how the Australian bowlers were at, at the very start of the series. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Hazelwood looked him phenomenal, Nick. Uh, he looked a bit ginger in the outfield. Did mm. you see him on the boundary? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. But again, uh, but with the ball in his hand, he was Mister Economical. He was the pick of the bowlers. Um, and and yeah, on, on Cummins as well. I thought that there were shades of. Um, did you see him in India when he was bowling yeah, out there? They sort of a definitely. few drag downs and and just looked a bit irritable. Obviously, last week he kicked the ball away and stuff. He just maybe that's a pressure thing. Maybe he's just not in good rhythm. But um, yeah, it was noticeable that uh, the Aussies weren't quite as on it today yeah. as they were perhaps last week at the Oval. I think it's finally just worth reiterating. We're getting what, more positive what, now, what, aren't we? What, what a crazily good day of cricket that was. There's so much packed into it and 
I would say Australia are marginally on top, but yeah. at the end of the day, uh, another test to compare this to would be the first test in, in um, 2015 at Cardiff, where Joe Root also scored 100, yeah. um, and England scored 430 first innings and ended up winning it by about 100 or so runs. I think it was fin- finally, Jim, just, just how good was Joe Root today? You've seen Joe Root score uh, many, many test hundreds. Yeah. How, how do you compare that, what we saw today, to, to what we've seen previously? Again, just hard to process what was going on out there because like he was at the other end with all the wick- wickets falling he just he looked serene uh his driving his footwork was crisp as ever uh so it was like a proper joe root test innings there was nothing uh out of the ordinary until the afternoon when he started getting his reverse ramp out and i don't really it's not even really a ramp it's sort of a lift scoop and he's doing it to pat cummins you know and he's doing it and it's and it's flying away deep into the crowd for six it's just like uh, you know, he's and and that what I thought was lovely is that at the start of this whole thing, this mad experiment, Root was sort of saying, "I'm not really sure how I fit into this side," and, yeah. and everyone was just saying, "Well, you just bat like Joe Root, and we'll just bat around you," and that's exactly what happened today. That you know, he held it all together, take his runs out of that, and that's you know, we're maybe a bit more downtrodden than than perhaps we've alluded to being, but um, he's he's really meant that it's honours even and you know an exciting start to the test match yeah, just yeah. dead chuff for him really I think you're right honours even if England get a couple of wickets early tomorrow it suddenly feels completely different and the ball is still very very much brand new and hard uh, well Jim thanks for joining me on what has been an incredibly entertaining first day of the 2023 men's ashes if the rest of the series is anything as entertaining as it was today we're in for one hell of a treat I'll have gone grey or <laughs> Podcast Network.